No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And a happy Monday to you. Welcome into the Monday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Another football weekend in the books, gentlemen. Lot to unpack from over the weekend. The Cardinals played. It was a crazy day uh, yesterday with a bunch of teams in action. Sean, I think the matchup between our two teams might come up a couple of times on the show today. Uh, not trying to spoil anything for anybody, but the Raiders Jets might come up once, twice, maybe three times here. I thought they were going to the do it. No, no, Jordan, they did exactly what they needed to do, buddy. They, they handled, <laughs> they took care of business the right way. And let's not waste any time. Let's tell everybody what is in the lead on the program today. This is the one they're talking about. I mentioned the wild nature of Week 13 in the National Football League. It's not over yet, technically. We've got three more games, two tonight on Monday and then a Tuesday night game. But the big story, guys is the playoff pictures, I would say, at the back half of the NFC, also at the back half of the AFC, they are wide open based on some of the results yesterday, Jordan. This is setting up the latter half of the season, these last couple of weeks here, to be absolute anarchy. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the whole playoff picture in the NFC right now is is shot. I mean, it's, it's just wide open. You don't know who you're getting. Week in and week out, the Seattle Seahawks looked terrible yesterday. Uh, the New York Giants went into Seattle with a backup quarterback and somehow stopped what was at one point the best offense in the National Football League. So nothing makes sense anymore. The Rams and the Cardinals. Cardinals get bumped out, probably have a playoff spot. I mean, it's just chaos. Um, the Saints have no Drew Brees, and yet they're somehow finding a way to win still. I think they're probably the best team because they're showing without their quarterback, they're still a good football team. Um, and then you got Tampa Bay and Brady and who knows what's going on there. I think it's just going to be who's hot at the right time. That's all it's going to be uh, when it comes down to this playoff picture. I mean, what uh, you said, you said nothing makes sense. What makes sense is the Rams beating the Cardinals. We're just accustomed to that now with seven consecutive wins uh, with an average going into last night or yesterday's game of 23 points as a point differential in those six games. And now with a seventh game, another 10 point win for the Rams. So that makes sense. Uh, but you're not wrong. The Giants going up to Seattle to win that football game. And we're going to get more into this coming up here in about 10 minutes, Chris. But uh, the Arizona Cardinals had an opportunity with that loss and the way that some of the things played out in the in the, uh, in the the NFC yesterday to really do some good with a win. And instead, they kicked the door open and said, hey, everybody, come join the, the, the playoff party. Come join us here. So we'll, we'll get more into what the NFC playoffs look like. But you're not wrong. It's a it's it's. The AFC has been crazy all year. The NFC is now catching up, and it should be fun down the stretch. Four more weeks to go. Well, first we had the Hale Murray, which is near and dear to everybody here's heart because it had a direct impact on the Arizona Cardinals. And then we had whatever Greg Williams called on the final play of the Jets-Raiders game, and we'll get into this over the course of the show. But the Jets have decided, Sean, Greg Williams – you're out of here. You are no longer the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets. And my instant reaction to this, and you were, uh, we were, we were having our pre-show meeting, get everything ready to go. You saw my reaction to this live. This tells me that Adam Gase has a greater than zero percent chance of being the coach of the New York Jets next season because Greg Williams was the guy they fired first. I'm scared, Sean. 
Yeah, it, it's <laughs> odd, right? Like, if you're going to make a change at coach, and everybody just assumed that the Jets were going to do that, they're going to make a change, and Adam Gase should be gone. What's the point in firing the defensive coordinator in week 13? You know what I mean? Like, if you're a, you're a winless football team, you're firing the defensive coordinator in week 13. Why? Because you're trying to make sure you can finish that playoff race? I mean, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so you're not wrong, Chris. Like, it's odd. It's very odd that it's they would bad. fire a DC instead of just saying, you know what? ride it out with his coaching staff and figure it out um some people saying that based on the call yesterday how do you how do you not lose the respect of the locker room maybe that has something to do with it but i but it's odd you're not wrong it does make you feel like adam Gase might be around next year because no. otherwise you would just fire the head coach right and clean house with the staff by the way they're going to have head uh, assistant head coach frank bush as the interim defensive coordinator now in in New York, you'd have to tell me who Frank Bush is, Chris, because I have no idea. But they, uh, they, I don't have much of does, an idea either. He's a long-time does, assistant. Yeah, it does give you. Uh, it makes you pause if you're a Jets fan. Going, wait a minute, the hell are you firing the DC for? Not the head coach. What are we doing here? Are we going to jet this? We're going to jet this, aren't we? <laughs> Look, I know we're probably going to get into uh, the Jets Raiders game and actually be able to dissect it. But I was watching this game and I was going, "Come on, Jets! Come on, Jets!" I just wanted no. to—I just wanted the Jets to beat Crespin's Raiders. And he goes forty-three to six loss in Atlanta, and then he takes a loss to the worst team in the NFL. That would have been a huge hit to the Raiders' ego. Uh, but but for your sake, Sean, I'm glad, and for Schubert's sake, I'm glad they lost because they're still, you know, getting that that first round pick. Uh, no doubt about it. But. You know what's funny is that last play call, the one that you're talking about, him getting fired. We had a similar, uh, uh, basically, you know, the Hail Mary defense when I was at ASU. And, you know, heavy blitz coaches like to do this. They like to send multiple guys and kind of, we had five guys back at any one time. So it would be three guys, four guys manned up. And then you have a guy or two back kind of playing like center field. But we always tried to send one more than they could take. So that they don't even have a chance to throw the football. But as you see, it can sometimes bite you in the ass and he loses his job. And yeah. they should probably have just clean the house. You know, and, and uh, Gruden, after the game in his press conference, said people need to relax on the Jets and the play call because they had a similar situation against the Patriots earlier in the year. Not quite from the 50-yard line Hail Mary, but they had a late on a Monday Night Football game, the Jets and Patriots. They didn't send pressure. They had sat, they sat back and Cam made a play and they lost. So, you know, like Gruden's saying, you know, they caught heat for that. Now you're going to catch heat for this. And as a head coach, you just are a coach at all in general. You, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't at times. It's a success, yeah. you know, success-driven driven game. Had they gotten to so call, Gruden which, gonna hire him? I do. I would take him. Have you, have you watched <laughs> oh, the Raiders play defense? Oh, Have you brutal. watched the Jets? Yeah, but they, I mean, they're, they, I would rather have exotic blitz packages that can give some teams fits than just sit back and play soft zone constantly and just have teams go up and down the field on you like what the Raiders do. It's brutal. It's brutal. But um, yesterday's game was, it was a mess from start to finish, and it and it finished beautifully for the uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders who are still, and for the Jets. For, right, it's just good, Sean. You yeah. and I both got what we wanted out of yesterday's game. We're, you we're, picked up a win. My yeah. team lost. Everybody wins. Raiders are hanging in there. They got a game against the Colts hey, this week. Sean, great yeah. video, by the way. Great video. You like did that? you make that video? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I made did that. you make that? Yeah. <laughs> and what, what Jordan is uh, is referencing. Hell, actually, you know what? I think I might be able to even do here. You're going to do this on the fly? You're going to do this on the fly right now. I'm going to do this on the fly right now. This could and be I'm a using, disaster, everybody. I'm using a new program here. But oh. I do believe, Buckle gentlemen, up. 
I do you believe can do this? that I can play the video here on the show that I threw while together. we're doing in the lead. Yeah, while we're doing the lead. So last week, and this is going to go great for the audio version of the program. I'll have to cut that. They're going to love this. They're going to love this. I, uh, I, you know, Henry Ruggs had a drop that was an interception, and then he had a fumble in the fourth quarter that led to the Jets' tying score. Uh, but then, of course, he had the game-winning touchdown. So let me see if this will actually work. Let me fade this out right now, and let's okay. see if we can uh, we can play the video I made. I kind of uh, used a little Dumb and Dumber and uh, made a video here. So here we go. I think you could possibly be any dumber. It's intercepted off the hands of Ruggs, and it's picked off. You go and do something like this. They say Jets football. Oh, boy. And totally redeem yourself. Jets coming. Carr put some air on it. Wide open is Rex for the touchdown. No, he didn't. <laughs> and Schubert. John. And then Schubert, that's how it's done. Well, Credit. I mean, I didn't. I saw the video earlier today, and I told you in our in the meeting, I have I've never seen the movie. So, like, the reference just right over my head didn't get it um did, but you know what did rugs Sean? Have two turnovers rugs had an, a ball go off his hands that should have been caught that was intercepted and then he fumbled and then yeah, the fumble. in the fourth quarter that led to the jets tying score and then he puts a double move and uses the 4-2 speed to get separation and car lays it on him and here's another Raiders thing win. how are you getting double moved on the last play of the game if well, anybody that's on the corner how is the corner getting double moved in the last like bro you know they're going for the end zone you right think and they're gonna run a comeback right well there was time to you know, maybe make, time? A, make a catch and get out of bounds but anything in anything in bounds and the game is over game's you over I mean? game's over yeah. So, who knows? It was just an insane play. I'll probably have to cut out everything we just did uh, for the audio version because that was very visual, uh, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, Chris, let's move on in, uh, in, in, in what's true. What's yeah, I got so much more in the lead to yeah. get to and just completely derailed by Dumb That's and Dumber okay. there. Uh, ASU returned to the football field. You gentlemen uh, were in the building for it. They played UCLA. And, listen, I don't think we need to go X's and O's on this football game. It went exactly how I think the three of us envisioned it when we previewed the game last week. This was a team that hadn't played in a while. It was going to take them a half to kind of reestablish their feet to get their you know, get themselves back into the flow of football. And then in the second half, you saw a defense that kept UCLA off the board except for one score and ability to run the football. They played Herm Edwards football. They just ended up on the wrong side of it because of that first half. Yeah. I, I mean, Jordan, we talked about that, right? Like a month off, dude, you're going to be rusty. Yep. We expected it, right? I mean, we expected it. We knew it was going to be sloppy. Um the real ASU team, and I said this a couple of times, you saw it in the second half. They came out uh, and they ran the football. It looked like uh, it looked like the game plan kind of changed too for for Zach Hill. He uh, he started utilizing his receivers in a better way and got Jaden Daniels comfortable more. Um, you know, a guy like uh, um, Johnny Wilson is a guy that I've talked about several times and said it just looked like they're using him the wrong way. They finally figured out okay. Have him run an out, have him run a hitch, have him run a slant. That's where he can be effective, not on go balls and bubble screens and trying to throw him the ball like he's a quick little receiver. Like, no, man. Corners will eat that up if he, if he wants to go deep. Go ahead. Run the digs from the slot. Um, and so it looked like Zach Hill just had a better game plan also in the second half. And then can we talk about for a second how talented of a running back duo is Chip Trainum and Rashad White? I mean, 
a freshman and a JUCO transfer. These two have to be some of the best I've seen in a long time. And and we've been pretty blessed with good running backs here in the past five years. We were talking about Kalen Balazs, who's still playing the league, Demario Richard, DJ Foster still in the league, Eno, Benjamin, obviously. So there's we're, we've been lucky. Chip Trainum is going to be special. He's, he's a three-year kid. You know, I said that in your guys' years oh, during he's the, out. Like, yeah, like not, he's uh, out. yeah. Just you know, we're able to talk to each other throughout the broadcast and in everybody's ears, like on one of the runs, and I have to say one of them because there was like five where he gets hit two yards beyond the line of scrimmage and carries people nine. Uh, and he's yeah. he's a three-year kid. Like he is legit. Uh, and if he continues to play the way that he has over the next three years, um, he'll be a first round kid is what he'll be. He is that special. Yeah. He's got, he's got, what was he? He's Great. like five, what? Five eleven, two thirty, just all yeah, lower body freshman. thick. It's crazy. He's big dude. He's a yeah. big, strong kid and he's only going to get better. I mean, he's only going to get better. His, his pass catching will get better out of the backfield. Um, but Rashad white too. Rashad white made some moves this weekend when I was like, holy hell, but to only lose that game by a possession, after turning the ball over on their one yard line and Jaden turning the ball over in the in the red zone, I mean, it, it's impressive. And I think, you know, obviously we're all looking at this year going like, yeah, it's probably a wash, but you got to beat U of A this week. You got to beat U of A. Um, and then you kind of just look at it like, hey, three game little preseason deal that we're doing. We got another game. Uh, don't don't know who they're going to be playing. Um, after this week, but you know, you, you got four games basically to say, all right, let's just get as, you know, as much tape on these guys as we can, and we'll go from there. I have a very special edition of sixty seconds oh, of baseball. We got some. And I'm actually, but I actually need your guys' help with this one. Okay, I'm going to uh, crowdsource this. Now I got to crowdsource this. So if you, all right, hang if you on, can give me, me the music and the timer because I don't want to, I don't want to be accused of overrunning my sixty seconds. It's go. okay. So my sixty yeah. seconds are counting. The story came out over the weekend that the Phillies were interested in in trading Zach Wheeler. Well, their their executive managing general partner, whatever you know, whatever title he had, had this quote. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this quote. If they offered me Babe Ruth, I wouldn't trade him. John Middleton said angrily in a phone conversation, adding Ted Williams and Mike Schmidt to Ruth's name for good measure. Guys. I don't think I would trade for Zach Wheeler for Babe Ruth right now because I don't think Babe's going to be available to play. But in general, if I was able to get Babe Ruth in his prime, uh, this is a pretty silly thing to say. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, that's what... Probably. Yeah. Come on. I, I'm trying to crowdsource some good baseball content. You guys are giving me nothing. Have you seen my baseball? <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Just let the clock on that. You gotta be kidding me. For once, I, I listen. The sixty seconds of baseball is it my gimmick on the show. Yeah. But I tried to get I tried to get you guys involved on this. I thought maybe this would be a topic I could get you guys involved, and I got nothing. It was just a dumb comment. I didn't have anything to say about it. And that's all I have to say about that. Another movie reference that went Co right over Schubert's head. Coming up next on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. The NFC playoff door, well, when we entered the weekend, it was slightly ajar. Yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals said, hey, we'll help you dismantle the door. We'll take it off the hinges. We'll get into it next here on No Bull with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, we got to tell you about our friends over at Earnhardt Auto Center. Since 1951, they have been taking care of customers in the Valley. When it comes to the car buying experience, there's nobody else you should trust in the Valley. doesn't matter where you are, north, south, East or West, Earnhardt family has had you covered 
and will continue to help you stay covered. With the Noble Express option right now, you go to noble.com, click the Express tab. They will literally bring a car to your front door for you to test drive. You want a brand new Lexus like I had drove to your front door? You can have that. They will bring it to you, and you can drive around all day like I did with my fiance. We went and uh, did a Trader Joe's stop and and really tested out the brand new Lexus. It was a, a great experience. You can handle the financing, the applications all online. Go to noble.com, click the express tab, noble.com. That ain't noble. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, all these games in December are, are, are big, and um, our team knows that we got 32 days left in this regular season, and we got to maximize every day. Um, it's a wide open race throughout the NFL. We understand, you know, it's still all out in front of us. And, um, so knowing that you have three divisional opponents definitely, you know, adds to that sense of urgency. So that was head coach Cliff Kingsbury of the Arizona Cardinals leading in to Sunday's matchup against the Los Angeles Rams recognizing the importance of the next 32 days of the season and the games that are on this team's schedule, one of which included the Los Angeles Rams yesterday, and the Cardinals ultimately fell to the Rams 38-28. to Sean McVay moves to 7-0 and since taking over as the head coach in L.A. against this Arizona Cardinal team. And, Sean, I think the only place to start this conversation, the, the thing that leads the topic is a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about a Cardinal team that was threatening to be at the top of the NFC West. They were actually, based on statistical tiebreakers, in first place in the NFC West. And now as we sit here, four games left on their schedule, two divisional opponents. They're on the outside looking in. They have invited everybody into the playoff party. There's no social distancing at this party because they've invited everybody in, including some five and seven teams into the mix. And now... They got to turn around what has been a one in four stretch. Uh, one in four stretch. And don't forget, guys, uh, outside of a Hale Murray, it was, they'd be yeah. on five in the last uh, in their last five games. So, no, it's been a brutal stretch for the Arizona Cardinals. And offensively, their biggest issues to me right now um, are, are first and second down not being – maybe it's play calling, maybe whatever. But yesterday I'm looking at that Arizona Cardinal team that had four consecutive three and outs. And these are the third down. This is this is what was left for them to try to convert, Jordan. Let me read you a handful of the third downs that they faced. Third and 14, third and four, didn't get it. But then they had third and 10, third and 10, third and 12, third and 10, third and six, third and seven, third and nine. That was a pick six. And it was a pick six because I'm predictable now. You know, their biggest issue right now offensively, and we're focusing on whether or not Kyler can run the football, and that maybe plays a part in it, but... You're, you're not having any success on, on first and second down. You're putting yourself in third down and long. And you tell me, Jordan, as a defensive back, uh, you get a team at third and long, all of a sudden they're predictable. You're licking your chops. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, third and long, you're, you are a thousand percent accurate, Sean. You are licking your chops. You're excited. You know they're going to try to run some kind of sticks combination route. Um, and then, you know, teams have kind of, I feel like, figured out, you know, what Kyler – and even Russell Wilson are uh, are trying to do for that matter. I mean, I, they play so similar. Um, you know, if their first, second option is they want to try to scramble out of the pocket, teams have done a great job of containing them. Um, you know, it's kind of like ASU and their halftime adjustment uh, against UCLA. Hey, let's just contain with our D lineman more. Don't be so, you know, quick to run up the field. He's just going to run right by you. So just be patient. Um, and then defensively, the DBs have, have done a good job taking care. Now, obviously – Larry Fitzgerald being out hurts them. 
And I think you could really see that because of the play of Andy Isabella. Um, I think once you get Larry back, you have that guy that you can kind of go to um, in those situations. But yeah, you get, you get any team in the third and long situations, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, it, you know, and the defense kept him in that game. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to cut you off. The defense yesterday, I thought, kept you in it, uh, especially early. You get the quick touchdown, then you hold them on downs, you force them to punt. You had another, you had another stop at the goal line. You know, you, you go into the half having played absolutely atrocious offensive football outside of the one blown coverage where you had the long touchdown. You go into the half, you're down seven. Like you felt pretty good about it. Like your defense kept you in the game. But the offense just never really found its rhythm. They came out in the second half trying to trying to go up tempo and were able to move the ball a little bit. But ultimately, it just it, it wasn't going to be enough. And uh, you know, this is now three weeks, three consecutive weeks where we're asking what's wrong with this offense. Still wondering what the identity is. That to me goes right back to the head coach. And I wonder if Sean to answer your question about what the identity, since we're still asking what the identity of this team is, maybe the answer now that we've played 12 games is they don't have one and they're not going to find one by the time the season is over. And we're seeing a team that's still working through year two of a brand new head coach who's never coached in the NFL before with a now second year quarterback. And they're still working through those problems because guys, the schedule doesn't get any easier. You have the Rams again, at the end of the season, I think it's safe that the three of us all can say that that's probably a loss considering the way that the previous seven matchups have gone. They, the Rams have your number. We talk about it all the time. There are teams that have, like, Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints have Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' number. They just have it. McVay has the Cardinals' number. You have the 49ers who, oh, by the way, play tonight against the Bills in your home, in your own building, and if they win this game, they're now tied with you record-wise in this playoff picture. And I'm going to say a sentence that is going to get I'm going to get looked at from both of my co-hosts on this but you have to play the New York Giants and the New York Giants defense has shown they have figured it out they can shut teams yeah. down now listen Colt McCoy doesn't scare me they're not going to be able to score a ton of points but if the defense that showed up against Seattle and the defense we've seen over the last couple of weeks shows up they can win that football game so now three of your final four games are are tough competitive matchups for you and I haven't seen anything that makes me feel confident that all of a sudden the light's going to go off and this is going to be fixed offensively, Jordan. Yeah, look, it's it's uh, it's not something that's going to change overnight. And this is something that I've I've been saying from the beginning of the year, even when they were having successes, is our expectations are are really high on this Cardinals team. You know, we expected them to be kind of about right about where they are. You know, if if they're they're a playoff bubble team, if they can win a couple more games, they'll have an opportunity to get in the playoffs. And I think that's what we all assume they would be, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season. But ha having the early success that they did and beating some good teams, uh, you know, like the Niners at the beginning of the year, we all start, whoa, you know, this could be, you know, the NFC West team that that takes it. No, look, we knew it was going to be competitive. We knew nobody it was going to be handed to them. Um, but look, they, they, they have an opportunity still to, to make the playoffs. They just have to win. They have to correct the mistakes. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what to point to for this Cardinals team. Uh, but I'll tell you what the Niners are playing tonight. If they win, they're, they're tied for the lead with them. So it's, uh, it's, or tied for, you know, last place in the division. So it, it, things could get scary for them real quick. The New York Giants, to me, like last week we went through better or no or not better our, our game show we play here, uh, and you know we, we did paths to the playoffs for the NFC teams. Who has the better path 
to the playoffs. And it's amazing how quickly things can change in the NFL. Because we were looking at the New York Giants and we're like, ah, win, right? Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, win. You felt like you could probably beat the 49ers, win. And, and we all thought the Cardinals' magic number was three, right? If you got to three, you basically mm-hmm. forced everybody else to go minimum four and one or run the table. So three and two in your final five. They're still, they still have that possibility, but man, how different does that Giants game look now after what they just did going up to Seattle, right? San Francisco, after beating the Rams team that just handled you, feels a lot different now, right? So it's amazing how quickly things in the NFL can change, but I do still think the Arizona Cardinals have the best path because the only team sitting in front of you right now is the Minnesota Vikings, which means you control your own destiny outside of the Minnesota Vikings. And here's the Minnesota Vikings schedule down the stretch. They have the Bucks coming up. That's probably a loss, you would think. But again, you never know in the NFL. You have the Bucks, the Bears, the Saints, and the Lions, opposed to the Cardinals who have the Giants, the Eagles, the Niners, and Rams. Like I still look at those and feel like I lean towards the Arizona Cardinals if I'm going to pick a path to the playoffs and get that seven seed, I still think I lean towards the Cardinals. No, I, I, it's close for me because I think both teams could realistically go two and two the rest of the way. Because I think the Vikings can beat both the Lions and the Bears, and I think the Cardinals' two wins could be Eagles and maybe the 49ers. And then you're both eight and eight, and the Vikings get in on the tiebreaker. So you really it puts an extreme emphasis on that third win for the Cardinals. And again, Sean, I think it's a combination of. Minnesota has now crept back into this. They now have a a record that reflects them being in the mix. The 49ers could have a record tonight that reflects them being in the mix. And the Cardinals, who, let's face it, they're trending downwards where a team like the 49ers are trending upwards. Right? That's that's what this has boiled down to. The, the context of this has changed because if you would have asked me this question four weeks ago, oh, there's no chance. Right, Cardinals coming off of the Hale Murray. Ah, this team's going to make the playoffs. No problem. We were having that conversation. Well, something has happened to this football team since that point where they haven't been able to figure it out offensively. And they've all they I, I said it in the tease. They took down the door to the NFC playoffs and they invited everybody in. Let's not let's not sugarcoat this. The five and seven Bears and the five and seven Lions and potentially the five and seven Washington football team, if they pull on a win tonight, are also just would be one game out of a playoff spot. And I don't think we can, you know, not mention that. Those teams are also within striking distance if this season gets weird. The Raiders almost lost to the Jets, right? I mean, the Chargers got blown out. Things happen in the NFL that we're not expecting. Things could happen to where a Washington team could go on a run, a San Francisco team could go on a run. And if the Cardinals don't switch gears, they're gonna they're they're gonna be left at the altar. They're gonna be looking at the playoff picture, saying, "What if, with how good of a season they, how good of a start they had to the season?" I don't know how they. I mean, I, to quote the late great Denny Green, I think they are who we think they are. Right? I mean, it's to paraphrase, I guess I should say, but it, it, they are who we, th- we who they are who we think they are. Like the Arizona Cardinals are not a great football team, plain and simple. So what switch are they gonna flip? Like what we're seeing is who they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is who Cliff Kingsbury is as a play caller right now, year two in the NFL. This is who Kyler Murray is year two as a quarterback in the NFL. What switch is going to be flipped? What you know what I mean? It it, it just kind of is yeah, what it I, is. No, I agree. So yeah, I mean, I, you're, I if you if agree. you get in, you sneak in. If you get in, it's because the Vikings, like I mentioned, in my opinion, have a slightly more difficult path than you do. Uh, but it changes week by week. That Giants game now, which three weeks ago we were looking at, going, you're good. You no. Ask Russ and Will, Russ Wilson in Seattle how that one went this week. So uh, no, I think this is the Arizona. This is who they, this is who they are. This is who they are. 
I think we all, there was a little bit of a, of a facade. We all got caught up in it a little bit. You know, you get caught up in big plays like the Hale Murray, and it masks some of the other issues that are going on. But we've been talking all season long, I know definitely on this show, about this team not having an identity. And when things go wrong, what can you lean on? There's nothing to lean on. There's nothing to lean on. Because outside of Kyler Murray being spectacular, you've had nothing offensively. Nothing. There, when he's not spectacular, you have nothing. You can't run the ball consistently. Your, your coaching is, is, let's be honest, not up to par with a lot of the teams you're going up against in terms of scheming every week. When Kyler Murray isn't brilliant, you lose football games. So I, I don't know what switch is going to be flipped here all of a sudden for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, no, I 100% agree. Uh, I do think we should mention this because we talked about it last week and it became a problem again this week. Zane Gonzalez's struggles continue. And, and Sean, I know you you pulled out the uh, the, the fancy-dancy uh, note card that you have there and you write down your, your, your stats. Uh, so you have something on this. I see it. I, I, I knew you were prepared. Uh, you, you ran the numbers on this. And Zane, listen, I want to make one thing clear. And I know, Sean, you put this in your tweet. And I know, Jordan, you're going to agree with this. Zane Gonzalez is not in the top five of problems that, that, that plagued the Arizona Cardinals yesterday or in general. But if you are trying to make the playoffs, you need Zane Gonzalez to hit kicks that he's missing right now. And it's just it's not good for this team. So, Sean, the numbers. Here's, here's the numbers. Uh, on the year, he's hitting 72%. He's 16 of 22. But the problem range for Zane Gonzalez is 40 to 49 He's only, he's only connecting on 61% of his kicks from 40 to 49 yards. And in the NFL, that needs to be damn near automatic. And in the NFL, if you look at the rest of the league, it is. It's 80%. It, it, the rest of the league completes field goals from 40 to 49 yards at a rate of 80%. It's 195 of 242. That's the, that's the entire league from that range. Zane Gonzalez is down to 61% from 40 to 49 yards. Now, again, you're right, Chris, and that's exactly what I tweeted out yesterday. The list of things that went wrong for the Arizona Cardinals, he's down a ways. But when you're trying to go into a playoff run here, you're trying to make a playoff push, you got to be better than 61%. I have to be able to rely on my kicker running out there between 40 and 49 yards. Understand what that means. That means the ball is inside the third inside the 40-yard line near the 30-yard line, anywhere from the anywhere from the 33-yard line and out. So I mean if you're telling me I got to get inside the red zone essentially to feel good about a field goal and I'm going into a playoff race here, I I don't know, man. Hey, you got to be better than that. Yeah, look, uh, Zane's my buddy. He's my former college teammate. Mm -hmm. I love him to death. Um, and so I, I'll, I'm not going to talk negatively on him. He knows what he has to do. He He's does. He's got to make kicks. Yep. And uh, and mm -hmm. nobody knows it more than him. And I know that they love him there. As at, at uh, I know the coaches like him a lot. But at the end of the day, it's 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 about your production. It's not about you know what who you are as a person in the NFL. So uh, he's got to make his kicks. He's a he's a professional. He he knows what he has to do, and and he's he's got to get to work. He's got to get his confidence back. That's and that's that's that word right there is so big when it comes to to that position. It's just like a golfer, right? Like confidence is such a big thing. And you heard Jay Feely talk about it, where you can just hit these ruts in your career. Who was the kicker? Who's the Titans kicker early in the year who missed like Stephen Kostowski missed everything. You remember that? everything still missing stuff though. was able to bounce back for the most he's had some game winners this year you know so mm -hmm. he's been able to bounce back but confidence is huge and it is i think it's one of those things where guys know good coaches in my opinion jordan and you'd have to tell me you played from for a lot of different coaches um 
a good coach can look at a player and know that that player knows what needs to be fixed and understands yeah. they know what they did wrong. So I don't need to jump his ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need to rip him. And after, after last week, too, I remember hearing Coach Kingsbury talk about Zane and just being, he knows what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows what the expectation is. And he goes, We're not worried about Zane. We know, we know he'll get right. And look, if he keeps missing kicks, he's going to be out. He, yeah. he, he knows it is that. What it is. Than anybody happened to him at Cleveland um and so you gotta you gotta make kicks and if he doesn't then he'll be out plain well, guys, and simple yeah there were other games in week 13 in the National Football League that got our attention so why don't we do the not so rapid rundown next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone I'm going to try, guys. I know the listeners out there want me to keep the tempo up, want me to keep this rapid. We're going to try, everybody. I can't promise anything because the Raiders and the Jets are both in the rapid rundown. So this could take a while. So buckle mm-hmm. up, grab a snack, uh, you know, get one of those protein packs with the cheese and the, the, the walnuts or whatever you get at the store. Get ready. All right, guys. With that being said, game number one. We kind of mentioned it a little bit with the NFC playoff picture widening. But the Vikings win an overtime game against the Jags. And they are now 6-6. Six and six. This Jags team with Mike Glennon as their starting quarterback. Let me repeat that for you, Sean. Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback for the Jags. They almost gave a scare to the Minnesota Vikings and almost potentially cost them an opportunity at the number one pick by picking up another win. They do not, though. They stay in the race, and the Vikings move to 500. Yeah, you know, it wasn't about Mike Glennon yesterday that made this a football game. Early on, the Vikings couldn't do anything offensively. The Jaguars' defense is what really kept them in this football game, and uh, they were able to make enough plays down the stretch to pull it out. Kirk Cousins winds up with 305 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, But it was early on, it was the fact that Vikings couldn't do anything offensively, and, and, and they were able, to their credit, able to do enough. It was kind of the theme yesterday. Some teams who were trying to make playoff pushes playing teams with one win, no wins, and almost falling short, just kind of making that last that play late to, to make it work. But, yeah, it was it, it credit the Jags' defense early. Uh, look, the Vikings, I don't know what the hell happened yesterday. This, this has got to be the team in the NFL that you look at right now that's playing so up and down every single week. I mean, they, they run for 250 yards in one game, and all of a sudden they, they can't run the football. I mean, it, it's confusing, and I don't like it. And Mike Here, Lennon for president. Well, here's their first half. This, this is what I was talking about when it comes to uh, the, the Jags' defense. This is the first five drives. This is the first five drives of the game. Matter of fact, took them into the half for the Vikings. It was three plays and punt. Five plays and punt, three plays and punt. They were able to establish the run. They went on a 10-play, 78-yard drive for a touchdown, but then followed that up with five plays and punt, three plays and into the half. You know, Jags' defense was balling in the first half of that football game, and that, that was the difference. To their credit, though, they came out and they made some plays. The Vikings' defense actually bailed them out quite a bit. They got them a safety in the second half. They forced a fumble, two fumbles, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, so it, 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 the Vikings' defense stepped up in a big way in the second half and bailed out the offense. But no, credit the Jags. They played a good football game. Uh, the score is says that this just next... They're probably going to be on him. Team or... He's hurt, and then they made the decision to go with Glennon because I think they're in full-on tank mode to get Justin Fields. So it, th- that's the situation there. And listen, you want Mike Glennon to run for president, so you want him out there uh, every week playing football. Uh, a game yeah. in which the the score I don't think shows the 
the, the butt kicking that the Browns gave to the Titans yesterday. The final score says 41 to 35. The Browns led this game, what, 38-7 to at halftime. Baker Mayfield goes for four touchdowns in the first half. And the Browns clinched their first winning season. They are 9-3, their first winning season since 2007. Jordan, the Cleveland Browns. I have been very impressed with the Cleveland Browns. 9-3 uh, now. Uh, the job that Kevin Stefanski has jumped, done there is uh, has been very impressive. And, you know, the development of Baker Mayfield, you know, throwing a lot of different offensive sets at teams you know they're going with you know 13 personnel one back three tight ends a lot and um you know really the run game has been solid for them with with chubb um and then baker mayfield looks solid yesterday threw four touchdowns in the first half so uh this is a team that you know is has really flipped uh flipped the script they're they're not the joke of the league anymore uh everyone's focused on the jets now uh, as the joke of the league sorry schubert that's okay. Sean's favorite thing, he has to say nice things about Baker Mayfield and the Browns, so I can't wait for this. I, guy, I don't Sean. say anything nice about Baker Mayfield. I mean, listen, um, he played okay. He played well. Uh, they got very creative offensively yesterday, as Jordan's saying. I mean, they got Landry tossing Mayfield balls or throwing touchdowns to, to linemen. I mean, they got all kinds of things going on there offensively. You got to give them a ton of credit. Um, the biggest thing for Baker Mayfield this year is that St- as Stefanski said, hey, you don't have to shoulder everything. We've got these two running backs. Let's lean on them. And Baker's not asked to do a whole hell of a lot. Like, if you look at his touchdown passes yesterday, they were, what, two yards, one yard, two I mean, it was – it's not asking him to go out there and light it up. Uh, and that, a lot he, of long touchdown throws, bro. Well, yeah, the one where the with the busted coverage down the right sideline. That was the one. The rest were – the rest That were was two. not a busted coverage. Oh, he, that, 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 was that corner got move. worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a – Double move. Corner got absolutely worked. But, I mean, listen, I'm not taking anything away from Baker Mayfield. All I'm saying is is it, this year what's different is he's not asked to go throw the football consistently 40 times a game. He's just not. And it's, it's been it's been really quality coaching, putting him in a comfortable situation. You know, I was listening to the broadcast yesterday, and uh, they were talking about their, pre-game, their pre-show meeting with Baker, and he talked about how comfortable he is in this situation because of those things, not having to, to feel like he has to do it all. So, uh, credit Stavansky and, yeah. and, the, and the Browns, man. They're playing good football. I just I just want you to put some respect on Baker's name. They played the Tennessee Titans, who have a good defense. He was mm-hmm. 19 of 23 for 282 yards and four touchdowns, zero interceptions in the first half. Mm-hmm. He ended up throwing for 334 yards total, 147 QB rating. So put some respect on his name yesterday. Yeah, I know he, he, yeah, he, he had his ups and downs. The next time Sean says nice things about Baker Mayfield will be the first time Sean says uh, nice things about Baker Mayfield. I mean, he played okay. It's not like he went out there. He played okay. He didn't look like Peyton Manning yesterday. Let's just move on to another game. I don't want to get into this argument. You got to get beyond the statistics. Speaking of quality coaching, Sean, you mentioned it with Kevin Stefanski. I think a guy, I know he's now coaching a 5-7 and football team, but a guy that might need to get some love for Coach of the Year is the job that Joe Judge is doing in New York. He has turned this team around. He, he plays a Seattle team down his starting quarterback. He has Colt McCoy as a starter, and they find a way to beat Seattle. Jordan, I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this to you, but Joe Judge yeah. deserves some love for the coaching job that he has done turning this defense around. Uh, since that 37-point that, that performance that they gave up to the Cowboys, they haven't allowed a team into the 30s since then. They have played extremely well as of late. Yeah, and, and look, Patrick Graham deserves a lot of credit to the, the defensive coordinator for the New York Giants. They have been uh, impressive late here in the year, and they're not a bad football team. Um, I think, you know, with Daniel Jones back there, 
they're 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 a competitive football team. They're going to win their division most likely. Their their crap division that they're in, but they'll win it. Um, and they just beat a really good Seahawks team in Seattle. So you give credit where credit is due, and a lot of it I feel like is, you know, the Seahawks just did not show up. Russell Wilson looked bad. Uh, they they have some issues. We we've, we've known this about the Seahawks team all year long, and credit the Giants, man. The I don't Gi- know what to say, but flabbergasted by this uh, this Seahawks performance yesterday. Yeah, going into last night's or last yesterday's game against Seattle, it was for for Washington. It was I'm sorry for uh, for New York. It was yeah, but right. I mean, it, they had won a handful of games in a row, three games in a row. Uh, yeah, but it was you know your wins on the year against Washington twice. Philadelphia and Cincinnati like yeah 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 but yeah. right but then you go in and you do what you did yesterday against Seattle on the road you're okay all right you've won four straight and that's a legitimate win can you follow it up with a win at home against the Cardinals but there's their schedule down the stretch is brutal guys Cardinals Browns Ravens and then you get to end it with the with the Cowboys um but uh there they, I know Chris you said you were Earlier talking about it, oh, game out. You're talking. They're, they're right there winning the division. They're you, winning their division right yeah, now. Yeah, but it, it, so it, but Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys. That can change pretty quick. So we'll see. But yeah, cre- yeah. credit them, great win. And you're not wrong. I think uh, I think Judge should be in consideration for Coach of the Year. All right, let's do this, Sean. Raiders, Jets, and the only thing I want to say on this is I want to provide you a statistic that came from ESPN Stats and Info about mm-hmm. the last play of the game. ESPN Stats and Info has a da- as a data set going back to 2006 of plays that meet the following criteria. It was the final 15 seconds of regulation. It was a between a four and eight point lead for the team on defense, and it was 40 plus yards to the end zone. In that time, there had been 251 passing plays ran that met that criteria. The Jets yesterday did something that nobody else had done since they started collecting this data, and that was to send six or more pass rushers. Nobody had ever done it. Greg Williams said, hold my beer. I got it. Cover zero. Send the house. Uh, It ended just the way you think it would end. Raiders win 31-28. Yeah, uh, that touchdown was... Derek Carr had just missed Aguilar on a deep post the play before. Uh, and you thought, okay, that was their shot. Like, how did they possibly let a wide receiver yeah. get behind them? Like, that's their shot. They're never going to let another wide receiver get behind them again. Forget about it. That was your shot. Holy hell, did they not allow somebody to get behind them again on a double move from Ruggs and carlated on him, and boom, there it was. Uh, and that's why you're an 0-12 football team. You know, and, and to the Raiders' credit, they're seven and five now. But the last two weeks, they've looked anything like a playoff, any anything but like a playoff team. You know, their defense, is it's been atrocious all year long. It continues to be. Uh, they're banged up a little bit on that side, but even when they're healthy, they don't look good. You know, so defensively, they're an absolute joke. They have to win shootouts every single week. It doesn't matter if it's the 0-11 Jets they're playing or, or the Kansas 12, City Chiefs. Oh, 12 now. But the 0-11 Jets going into yesterday's game or the Kansas City Chiefs, the Raiders have to win shootouts every single week week that defense is a joke so even if they do get in the postseason it's it is what it is the team's not very good hey uh schubert i don't know who that corner is that that blew the game for him but he had to have had a he had to have had the owner call him on the side before and say hey do anything you got to do to let these guys score okay don't make it look too easy (laughs) but 
we're trying to get we're trying to get Trevor Lawrence here, okay? So don't blow this for us. Well, let I wish him, he would have made I wish he would have made that phone call the drive before when the Raiders were down to the four yard line and couldn't punch it in. It would have made my heart, you know, a little bit less strained yesterday as I'm uh, watching that football game. Yeah, look, I I texted Sean during that game and I go, the damn Raiders, they're not about to do this, are they? Not I thought you would bet on them. Did you bet on them or something? Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. for sure. I had, I had, I had the Raiders. I lost, lost that bet for sure. But um, I look at that point, I was just like, all right, if I'm going to lose, I want the Jets to win. And uh, just because it would have been uh, fun. Did you see how the game actually ended, though? Like everybody's looking at the rugs touchdown, but did you see how the game actually ended? They follow up the rugs. For me, touchdown. the game ended the way that it did. They followed up the rugs touchdown with a squib kick that didn't even get past the the the. the uh, the, the the defender right in front of the kicker, like he could, he tried to squib it, but the player right in front of him made a good play and just land and got on it, which actually gave the Jets one heave from midfield. And Darnold scrambled, yeah, and Darnold scrambled to his right and got, and bought some time. And when he let go of that football, I'm like, we're gonna lose. Like this would be the most Raiders <laughs> thing ever. Oh, uh, but luckily no. the ball was batted down. But yeah, I mean this, they couldn't even get the squib kick hey, to just wrap it up. If they allow you to throw a hail mary, like we can't do anything right. If I'm Matt Nagy, I'm going after Sam Darnold with everything I can. I'm trading Trubisky um, for him straight up, maybe some picks, uh, because Sam Darnold is a is a capable quarterback. He's in a terrible awful. situation. I think awful. I think Jordan? he is. He, I think he'd be fine with with Chicago. Unfortunately, I don't think Matt Nagy is going to be around long enough to be able to make that decision in Chicago. Really, coach of the year a couple of years I, ago, I, and he's I, out. I mean, they they started five and one, and they've lost every game since. It appears that team is just just lost yeah. in that locker room. I I don't think he survived. There's another quarterback I think is going to be on the market as well. That I'm not Sam sure. If, I'm not sure if uh, we have the Eagles game on our rapid rundown list here. Not so rapid rundown. Would you like but, to put it on there? We'll yeah, call it. Let's throw it on there. Let's throw it on there. Carson Chicago would be sick too. Let me, just, let me just tell everybody what the fifth game was. It was the Patriots blowing out the Chargers 45 to nothing. All right, let's move on. Uh, Bill Belichick owns rookie yeah. quarterbacks. You should have seen that coming. Okay, next game. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles benching Carson Wentz in the third quarter, to me, um, speaks volumes. Like, that that relationship might be strained beyond repair there. Um, Absolutely. It, it, the problem is the contract is huge. So you're gonna, you might struggle to find somebody to, to, to trade for him, but – I believe they're going to try, and I got to tell you this: If I'm Bill Belichick, the second the Eagles are eliminated, I and 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 the the you know I can't I guess you can't do that. I guess March is the first time you can technically make a phone Please, call. No tampering, Sean. <laughs> Bill Belichick, no. Yeah. Uh, but in March, I believe is the first March 13th, 14th, 15th. That week is usually the beginning of the new league year. I am on the phone immediately if I'm the Bill Bel- if I'm Bill Belichick move. and the Patriots, and I'm trying to get Carson Wentz. Yeah, it's going to go win a couple more Super Bowls. I, I thought that, that he uh, was happy with Cam Newton and the future was set there. Is that not? I, is that not? Jordan, oh, oh, that's not accurate. They, the team combined for 120 passing yards and they won by 45 yesterday. Yeah, so my screen, I my mean, screen, maybe. Yeah. Look, uh, look. If if they get Carson, that's scary. That the rest of the league is scared because he's a very capable quarterback. He showed that he could be an MVP caliber uh, player. But when you don't have the worst offensive line in the league, it's tough to be a good quarterback. Um, Russell Wilson made it look you know like hey you could still be a good quarterback with a bad offensive line but he was running around for his his damn life but um yeah carson Wentz there to chicago i mean somebody's going to be really happy to to swoop him up but yeah you talk about a confidence deal he has got no confidence now i mean you you give him that big that big uh paycheck 
but then you draft a guy in the second round behind i mean it, it, that's that's a all right why are we drafting a quarterback if you guys believe i'm your long-term you know situation and Can it's I, not like carson wentz isn't athletic no i mean no, carson wentz is very athletic you know he has some plays where it yeah. makes you scratch your head but so does every quarterback in the, in the nfl but i think he's he's yeah, incredibly the other day yeah i mean he's incredibly talented yeah. go ahead go ahead sorry not finish your thought no my, my uh i was just gonna say this is completely kind of off topic but I want to create a new segment about my father, Ronnie Simone, and his hot garbage takes on the NFL. This dude is unbelievable. Look, my dad's a smart guy. Let's start it right CEO now. First time. Here we go. Go ahead. Do he it. Is, Hit us with one, he Jordan. Is, here's the text message to my brother and I yesterday. Gotta trade Russ. He needs a new start somewhere. He's too comfortable, Goodness. doesn't want to throw picks, so he eats the ball and kills possessions. That is uh, hot garbage, Ronnie Simone. I love you to we death, my dad. Second. But holy hell, man! I we got to turn this into a weekly deal because I get something like this once a week that my brother and I just scratch my head. I love the guy, but holy hell! This is this is uh, this, this is, is podcast and social media gold right here. So we keep yep. them coming. Yeah. Uh, right now, let's just keep a, tra- a running track here. So we're trading Russell Wilson week one of the yeah. of the we hot. We need to take. write all these down. Yes. and have a database yeah. of them. So Russ get out gone. another note card, John. Do you have another one? Yeah, you Russ have a bunch is, of them. Yeah, Russ, Russ is yeah, Ru- Trade Russell Wilson. Hey, speaking okay. of that, here's a hot take I was thinking yeah. about earlier in the week while I was taking a shower or something, right? Um, let's say that Tampa Bay, and this is way off topic, oh, I know, oh, but let's say gracious. Tampa Bay coming off the bye week loses to Minnesota. Let's say they wind up not making the playoffs, or they go even go one and done. Do they move okay. off yeah. of do they move off of BA? No. And if they do, no. and if they do, oh, stop. And if they do, are you calling Josh McDaniels? I it's dude, it's way too early. It, way too early to be doing this. Not a ch- not a chance. You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind. I don't I don't think I don't think the relationship I don't think the relationship between Brady and B.A. is as bad as the national media wants to make it out to be. If you're the Tampa Bay Bucks and you went out and you signed Tom Brady and you're paying him all that money for just two years, and then you go mm-hmm. out and you get him his, his tight end with Gronkowski, and then you go out and you get him his wide receiver with Antonio Brown, and you do all of these moves to make it, we are making a run this year and next year. And if you don't believe that B.A. is the guy to make the run with, Call the Patriots, get the offensive coordinator that's gotten it done with him a handful of times. Give me Josh McDaniels on line one, please. Is that that crazy of a hot take? I don't it, think it's that it, crazy. It is. All right. It is. I don't think it's that crazy. I, think I don't think mind. it'll happen, but I don't think it's that crazy. I, Those I are mean, my it's, it's the the crazier take would be to go get a guy like Joe Brady from the Carolina Panthers and make him your head coach. Okay, See that? Yeah. No, that makes no sense. Now, now that yeah. that goes on the list. Yeah. That goes on the list. That goes, that goes on, on the note card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes on the note card of bad takes. Okay, Simone that's what, bad well, we're going to start collecting. Right. Yeah, Simone family Simone, bad takes. So we're going to keep a list. Simone family bad takes. Okay. 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 I, I, I listen. I'm going to thoughts. Yeah. Because it is up next. It is our favorite. I think it's our favorite segment of the week because I just love giving out this award. It's a Monday, which means we give out the manscaped full-grown man salutes. We do it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But first, Chris, we got to tell you about our friends over at Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951, and of course, a proud partner of Noble with Chris 
Crespin and Simone, 19 Arizona locations, the 21 dealerships, the 17 different brands. You've had your eye on something for that new vehicle. Odds are with the 17 brands, Earnhardt Auto Centers has got you covered. Doesn't matter if you're north, south, east, or west with the 19 Arizona locations, Earnhardt has you covered for that new vehicle you've got your eye on. And with the current times of social distancing, Noble Express, just head over to noble.com. Look for the Noble Express tab right in the middle of the page, right towards the top of that page. Click that uh, that Noble Express tab. It's going to make the entire buying process an absolute breeze from right there in the comfort of your own home. From test driving a vehicle that's delivered right to your door, you have the finance application right there online as well. They'll then deliver the actual ride you purchased right to your door as well. You don't even have to leave your front door to experience the Earnhardt commitment to world-class service and low prices that absolutely can't be beat. The Earnhardt name is a name you know you can trust. 68-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Oh, yeah. There it is. The sweet sounds of the Manscaped full-grown man salute music because it is a Monday. Gentlemen, who wants to go first? Sean, I don't know what order you have the graphics in that we throw up on the video version of the show. I can go in any order we want to, but just for fun, okay. let's go with yeah. uh, let's go with Jordan Simone and your full-grown man salute today. That is me. It is an honor to go first. Uh, and, you know, ordinarily we go with the player. You know, sometimes we go with the defense player, mostly offensive. But today I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to go with a rising star in the coaching industry. It didn't make a lot of sense when his name came up, but I'm going with Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, 9-3, and three, has him knocking on the door of the postseason, something that they haven't done since 2002, which is really impressive. Baker Mayfield threw four touchdowns in the first half yesterday, and this is a team that deserves your respect. They're 9-3, and three, as I mentioned, but... They're doing it in a great way. They're running the football. They're taking the pressure off of Baker, letting him uh, play mistake-free football. I think Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of credit for putting these, taking the pieces that he had and making them play together, making them play as a team. So Kevin Stefanski, you get my full-grown Manscaped salute. Absolutely. I just want to, uh, hold on, hold on. No, uh -huh. no, no, Sean, you're not getting away with this because you make the graphics, and yeah. once again, you use this opportunity to take a shot and not put respect on Baker Mayfield's name. So what I'm going to come do? to the defense. You can say Baker looks competent, competent as if he, you know, he hasn't been at least above average in multiple games this season. So yeah, I'm just, may, listen, I'm not going to allow this slander, and I'm not letting you get away with it. Okay. Well, he's he looks competent this year, which is something we haven't been able to say in previous years, and that goes to Kevin Stefanski. So we gave him the manscape full-grown man salute. Nothing wrong with that. You Nothing wrong with that. An opportunity to take a shot at Baker. All right, so I'm gonna let I'm to I'm gonna let because Chris, Chris's salute today falls very similar to this one. Well, I was so I Schubert, was gonna say, what is yours? Thank you. I, I, I will go. So Jordan, you decided to go outside the box, and you said, you know what? I, I think a coach deserves the full-grown man salute this week. I'm going to try to one-up you. I'm going to give mine to a coordinator. I think there is a coordinator out there who deserves a full-grown man salute, and it is the recently fired. He's now looking for employment. <laughs> the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets, or the ex-defensive coordinator of the New York Jets, Greg Williams, because, boy, does it take some cojones to run a cover zero blitz Huge With balls. 10 seconds left in regulation. And Greg, you got fired. You're not going to be coaching in the National Football League probably for a little bit. But you, my friend, 
get my full-grown man salute because you kept the Jets right there in line with the number one pick. You made a call so bold to go with the covered zero blitz that Adam Gase, who was talking to another coach on the final play, heard it in his headset and was freaking out. He didn't know who, what was going on. So for that, Greg Williams, a full-grown man salute to you. Hey, uh, look, Greg Williams should change his name to Dominic Toretto because he's just living his life a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> That's a movie reference again that Chris Schubert does not get. Yeah, so, no. yeah. Fast and Furious? Hey, he got yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah. So not bad. Yeah, I mean, huge balls. And, they, and the Jets still have the number one overall pick. I'm going to stay in the same game. And oh, like well, most. Shocking. Like grab, most. Grab the helmet. Like most helmet. times when we do the full-grown man salute, call me a homer. But this yeah, man yesterday, Where is it? 13 receptions. You want me to get the helmet? I can get the helmet. Yeah, 13, you're going to do that. You have to do the helmet. 13 receptions. 200 yards. Two touchdowns. <laughs> I can't hear a damn thing y'all are saying if you're talking. 200 yards, two touchdowns. Darren Waller is a full-grown man. Did you see the play he made on the sideline? Chris, the man just caught, catches a quick little hook. Boom, takes it 40 yards to the end zone. 200 yards total. He's the sixth tight end in history to have 200 yards in a single game. I still don't know if you guys are talking because I can't hear. I can barely even see you. Darren Waller, a full-grown man salute to you. Absolutely. Can I take right. this off? This is killing yeah, take it oh, off. I'm going to take over the show now because you can't hear things. us. I don't know if we should allow. I don't know. I don't know if we should allow people to pick a full-grown man mm -hmm. from after playing the Jets. Oh, I. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. I maybe we put that in the rules. Um, and no, Sean, no. we do not interrupt you. We leave. We leave you free to go on your rant when you have the Darren helmet Darren Waller's I, I still a, he's, he's a full grown man. By the way, don't wear earbuds and put a football helmet on. I do believe I have broke one earbud and broke <laughs> one ear. Oh, just talking there about crushing them. Same, same, so, same side or different sides? No, broke the one in my, my left ear and then just jammed the other one in my right ear. I think I broke one ear and one earbud. Oof. We'll put you on We're the good. Uh, put you on the IR. We're we'll, good. We'll bring you back. Next that's today's right, that's gonna gonna full grown man salute. Yep, you're going to go to manscaped.com, use promo code NOBOL, 20% off, uh, and free shipping. Uh, that'll do it. Manscaped, full-grown man salute on a Monday. That will do it for the Monday edition of NOBOL with Chris Crespin and Sony. You can follow the show on Twitter at NOBOL underscore podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. Follow Sean at SCrespin02. Follow Jordan Simone at JordanSimone38. Jordan, what is, there, you, what, have, what, have what is guys, everybody looking Have you guys to do? used can, yours in the shower yet? Yes. Have you, have you have. used your Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower talk about in the all shower time. yet? It's waterproof. You got the light. It's game changing. Please subscribe to the show. It's game changing. We would really appreciate it. it. Game changing. Thank you for keeping us back on track. Uh, Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think I said one, one of those twice. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe to the show so you know when these drop. We'll be back on Wednesday. The line is right. Sean tries to break the streak. I think it's three in a row he's lost. He tries to snap his losing streak on Wednesday. Everybody have a great Monday. We'll talk to you then.